So, uh, Jenny and I have been here for 18 years. We came when Cameron was three months old. Um, and I'm now serving, serving as one of our shepherds. Um, I am a sinner saved by grace. Uh, I am not up here for any other reason than that. Um, and as Mark shared last week and did a great job, I'm very thankful for the body of Christ that worships here. Um, as we shared in our sermon a couple weeks ago, how much you all mean to us. So, love you. So thankful you're here. And to those online, I guess you look that way and say, love you too. Um, as many of you know, Chris Barnhill, Terry White, and I uh, were added to the Shepherds kind of right before COVID, um, a little while ago. And I just want to share with you all that there is a sweet unity among our Shepherds. Um, most times when you hear a shepherd announcement or something like that, it's like, uh-oh, what next, right? Um, there is a sweet unity among the brothers uh, that serve as shepherds here at this, at this church. Um, so we have been for a while, even before we were shepherds, there was a desire in a heart for what is God calling this body specifically to do? You know, a lot of organizations, you call that mission vision. I, you can call it that in church if you want, but what is God calling us to do at this time with this body in our area? And so we started talking through that, and again, this has been going on for years, that conversation. But over the last several months, periods of discernment and prayer, we've been convicted of what God's asking us to do here with this body for God's glory. Um, a lot of Holy Spirit um, prayer time, discernment goes into this. And it's, it, I read these, and I'll read them to you here in a second. It seems like, you know, we've spent so much time and we know them so well, um, it's not going to be revolutionary because <laughs> it comes back to love God, serve others, and share Jesus. And you might go, well, that's what Christians are supposed to do, right? There's, there's nothing that... Um, earth-shattering, I think, in that, but at the same time, there is because it's very simplistic on what we are going to go try to go do. And in that order, we want to love God first, and we'll talk about these here more in a second. Then serve others, and we hope that that relationship and our love for them opens the door for us to share Christ with them, and they see our heart and see how much we care and love them. Uh, special thanks to not only the discernment team, the shepherds that have put in time, but Michelle Burgess and Mark Street uh, for leading a group to take those ideas and then flush them out a little bit more. So we're going to spend the next three Sundays talking through these together. It's really important that we know what we're about as a body. Um, it's, it's, on one hand, I, I, I've heard people say to me, you know, hey, we're Christians. It's pretty self-explanatory what we should go do, right? Yes and no. Um, yes, go seek and save the lost, get people to know Christ, but how are we going to do it? Why do we have you here today? Why is this body together? Um, much like, you know, so let me go back one step. This isn't really designed to say, hey, let's put it up on the wall and, oh, that's what we're about. The goal of this is when people talk about the body at fourth, the family at fourth, we want them to say, Man, those people are crazy about loving God. My goodness, they serve others. I don't know much about them, but man, I can't stop them from serving. And, you know, we keep highlighting the ministries we partner with. And then ultimately, and I hope like the mission trips that are going, they'll be like, but those people can't stop talking about Jesus. 
So it's not so much that we want to see it on the wall and we all say memorize it and that kind of thing, but we want our life to be, uh, we'll talk about a, a verse here in a minute, drenched in this. That people can't help but feel that when they talk about us. Um, and again, not to our glory at all, but to, to, to the glory of the Father. So next week, Chris and Brant will share serving others. And then the following week, Bill will do share Jesus. So if you miss one of those, I would really ask that you go back and watch it. Um, well, they'll all be online. I think you go to YouTube somehow and type stuff in, and you'll be able to find that. Um, so let's get into it. So I'm going to share, uh, if you'll hit the next slide, we're going to go into the first is love God. And I really thought I'd be able to read that from here. Um, <laughs> so first one, we love, so, and this love God is the, the linchpin we asked the team to come back and say, give us some thoughts around that. And that's what's kind of off to the side. We love God with our whole being, individually and collectively, in worship, prayer, obedience, and love for each other through the unity of the Holy Spirit. Not magical words. I don't want you to memorize them. But we're trying to give you a little bit more clarity on what do we mean by love God. It's not just an idea. We want there to be you know, concreteness to it. And then Mark 12.30 is the verse that supports that. Like the next one. Serve others. We serve others by using our God-given gifts to care for our local and global community through the direction of the Holy Spirit. I thought Dean did a great job in the announcements this morning of just saying, you can't help but see that we're already working towards this. Um, locally, we've, we've highlighted that now for months. Um, but globally, uh, Memphis and Guatemala will be impacted by this body. And even the, the Guatemala mission, I, I can't help but see the gentry sitting there every time I think about Guatemala, their contribution to letting us do concessions there, and then all of your help baking. And we have people stand who supported the mission or worked the concession stand. You're sending a team this week to go feed, and that's actually going to be their primary mission, to go feed people who are starving. So, yeah, we're doing that, but it's, it's great. And then 1 Peter 4.10 is the verse there. And then finally, share Jesus. We share Jesus and grow together as his followers in every aspect of our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we want to share Jesus with people because that's what this is about, bring people to Christ because he's the way to the Father, but also deepen our relationship. So whether, and our stats would tell you that 80% of you have been Christians for a good while. We'd like to start sharing Jesus with people that don't know Jesus so that there's more people and there's more of a diversity in our maturity here. But even if you've known Christ for 70 years, we want that deepening to continue. Um, God is limitless on that side. All right, keep going. So today, um, I skipped through something there. Um, today we're going to start off with loving God. Hold on one second. All right, if you pray with me. Father God, we do love you. You are good. We thank you for your love and your guidance. Holy Spirit, we ask that you open our eyes today to see your beauty 
but also draw a deeper connection to you. We're very thankful you've brought us here today. Speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Amen. Well, with love, God, I'd like to start with the end in mind. So you might go, oh, man, i got to listen to this guy talk for a little while. What I'm after for each of us today is where are you going to take a second to grab something and say, I'm going to be a little bit more purposeful in loving God this week. So I'm going to give you some ideas, some thoughts to think about. If the Holy Spirit starts working with you and you see, man, yeah, God, that's where I need to do this week. Ignore me. Deal with God. The goal of this is to get you connected with God where you hear a message and this is what I need to be thinking about this week. Um, Cameron said this when, when we talked last, but the Bible is, our, is my foundation. I believe it to be God-inspired, God-breathed. It's useful for us today so we can be equipped for every good work. The Bible is entirely inspired, authoritative, and the infallible Word of God. So as we get into the Word today, we're going to join Jesus in Mark 12. It's the verse that's up there. We're going to go a little bit before it and a little bit after it. Jesus has been answering people well, so one of the teachers of the law asks him a question. So Mark 12, we're going to start in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. If you remember back in Deuteronomy, you're going to hear something you've known before. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no one other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. I have to confess in this verse, it's much like stories I know or verses I know. Pick Star Wars, Harry Potter, High School Musical. I kind of know the ending, so I sometimes don't pay attention to the middle parts, right? I have to confess to you, I do that with this, the first and second commandment. Well, I know the first one, love God, now let's go serve others. And I would skip the spot of really stopping to love God. So today we're going to stop there and focus on just loving God and not go past that. Now, I'll also share with you, I'm not going to try to offer up to you some Pollyanna, oh, love God, it's just simple. I don't believe that. I know there are days, there are struggles. Um, Everybody carries a burden, I've heard said. Uh, Some days it's a big burden, some days it's a little burden. Everybody suffers loss. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy all the time. Don't don't hear that. There are days that it's tough. Uh, I will tell you, in my moments of of need, I wouldn't be anywhere but here. 
turning to God, having brothers and sisters who support me and turn me to God. So part of loving God for me is being in a family and in a community. And, and I hope you hear that. And I would challenge you if you're not, this isn't really part of this, but if you're not plugged in, plug in. One way I heard that challenge that was a challenge for me the other day was be plugged in in three areas at least. So maybe it is worship. That's a great way to plug in. Be here and worship with us. But get in a life group. Get in a covenant group. Be in a Bible class. Be connected and plugged in because I can guarantee you when life comes at you, as it did at me, you're going to need your family and friends around you to support you and love, love you. All right. Um, one last thing on God. Because today you could say, well, yeah, I'm really fuzzy on who God is. I think most of us as believers probably aren't. But just because somebody might be new here and going, I don't know, who is this God? God is our loving, holy, eternal Father, Son, and Spirit, the source of all creation. He created us in, our, in His image so we could enjoy a relationship with Him and spend eternity with Him. That's His goal. This is interesting to me, and I don't understand it completely, but God is eternal in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. How that all works, I'm glad he's God, and I'm glad I'm not. It's amazing to me. It's really one of the neat mysteries of the Bible and of God. The Father is over all, through all, and in all. The Son is our resurrection and life. He provides us a path to salvation. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is sent as a counselor and an advocate from the Father in Jesus' name. It's neat how they all work together. But today, I want to take a step, and this is, I hope you guys get this, this is for me more than it probably is for you. Uh, when we talked about which of the three somebody would be worth uh, willing to share, this was not the one I picked. Uh, but through circumstances, and I think God pushing, <laughs> this is the one I got. I want to take a second and say, how can we love God? Because it's easy to say ethereal, love God, but then what am I going to go, how am I going to do that? Uh, as we shared, next week we'll be share Jesus. That's one way, certainly. But our discernment team that walked through flushing this out um, of loving God, things came to the surface. One of those was worship. There was prayer, obedience, and the Simmons. I, don't, I didn't send the slides to you, did I? I said I would, and I didn't. The fourth is unity, <laughs> which you just had that preached to you in the, in the communion time, which, yeah, I realized I forgot that last night. Sorry about that. Um, but we're going to start off with worship. Worshiping God shows God our love. And there's two areas of worship I want to focus on. There's many more than this. But one is group worship and then personal worship. Um, many people who get up in this seat say, thank you, Mark, for what they do in the team. Thank you, Mark, for what you do in the team. Leading us in worship is amazing. Um, again, we mentioned Friday night, if you were able to come, and I see many of the faces here that were there, that was a great time of just praising God. It really was. It encouraged me tremendously. As Jesus was riding into Jerusalem in Luke 19, so remember he's going into the triumphant entry we follow him in verse 37 of Luke 19. 
When he came near to the place where where the road goes down to Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. These people are expressing their love to God. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, because he recognized that he had authority over them, rebuke your disciples. One of the best verses in the Bible. Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. My challenge for you is this. It's easy to come to worship and be in a group setting and just kind of chill and sit there. I would challenge you, which is what God's asking for. Jesus is specifically in the Beatitudes asking for our hearts. He's asking for you to praise Him. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. If you are tune challenged like I am, sit up front. Nobody has to hear you. That's why I sit on the front row. I feel sorry for anybody who sits in front of me. We're praising God. It isn't about what we sound like. It's an expression of love and joy to Him. On personal worship, I was challenged years ago that worship isn't just about being together. It's a great part of it. It really is. I'm encouraged by it. But also when we leave here, when we go about our daily life, whether that's at home, whether that's in a job, whether that's just with our family. Colossians 3.17 challenges me there. It says, let every activity of our lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. And this is the passage translation. I love how it says that. Let everything we, be, we do be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. And bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. We're called to be ambassadors for God. Not just here. Quite frankly, this would be the embassy where all the ambassadors to get together. It's when we leave here we're called to be ambassadors. In my profession, I've interviewed a ton of people And one question I love to ask them is this. Why do you get up in the morning? I don't want to ask them about their job, what their role is. Why do you get up in the morning? I'm after what their motivation is. Their deep-seated, why are you here? In an interview, I can't ask them, hey, do you believe in God? But I can ask them why they're here and see what they tell me. Are they willing to be transparent and tell me what drives them? Well, I was being interviewed for a role um, years ago, and Dr. Stead asked if I had any questions of him, and I thought, well, I know an interview question. I'm going to ask him, why are you here? Why do you, why do you get up in the morning and come into this office to work? Why are you here? Well, as any good interviewer does, after he answered, he asked me the same question, <laughs> which obviously I should have been more prepared for than I was, but I hadn't really thought through it that far, so uh, tables were turned. To God's credit, my answer was, I am here to glorify God with the gifts he's given me. And then take that and then serve my family. That's really why I'm here. What was interesting about that was, uh, and, and then he appreciated that and we kept on talking, did get the job, just to put the little 
carried on that. But what was more interesting to me was two years later, um, this is back in the days when you had admins for every kind of role, um, and his admin was sitting outside of his office. The door was open. I didn't, I didn't even realize we didn't shut it, I guess, when we walked into his office. But she came up to me at a company meeting and said, I really appreciated you when you interviewed sharing your faith. Keep in mind, this is years later. We're called to be ambassadors. I would challenge you, wherever you are, you can be an ambassador for God. Share Christ with people. We'll talk about that in two weeks. Um, in my roles, I often, in companies, get to speak to the entire team. I've let them know I'm happy to pray for them. I don't tell them that they have to love Jesus like I do. Or any, I'm an ambassador for Christ. So I would challenge you in your worship, as we show our love to God, let God not just be stuck here at the embassy. Let us go beyond and share our worship all week long and love God that way. Our next is something that hit us the moment we came here, and I always look at that section because that's where Jenny and I sat when we came as visitors. That, that felt like the visitor section. We came in there and kind of sat over there. The Schraders were a couple rows in front of us, um, but I was Im immediately impressed with the focus on prayer. And there's a couple people sitting over in that section that you might remember, uh, the Lemons, who've had a tremendous impact on that. But as, I, as the discernment team, again, they put these descriptions to how we can love God together. I did not. Prayer is such a sweet thing. Now, the blue cards, which I meant to bring one up here and I forgot to, you know, they're in front of you. A lot of that's about sharing what's going on so we can intercede and, and share back. And thousands, Albert would know the number, but it's thousands have been prayed over and diligently. Again, that impressed me about this body that they didn't even know me and I could turn in a prayer card and know somebody who's going to care about me immediately. But there's another component of prayer. And again, I would say you go to Albert if you have more questions about this than you go to me. But it's going back to Jesus. And you look at the number of times he went to a solitary place, to a mountainside, to a garden, to spend time with God in prayer. I don't even think every time it was necessary for intercession. A lot of times it's just spend time with God. Well, I'm preparing for this, so Lindsay is in Knoxville, our daughter. Uh, Cameron's probably in the balcony upstairs with friends. Um, yeah, I, heard, I think I heard Brad say, yeah, he is. Um, <laughs> as much as I love seeing them serve, Lindsay is um, spending the summer as a technician in the children's hospital. Um, so she's caring for people as they come in. She's not a nurse yet. She'll graduate next year. But um, little kids, you know, broken arms, she was telling us about the other day. As much as I'm happy for that, and it warms our soul to know that our children are serving others, there's something even more special when she comes home and just spends time with us. She doesn't have to do anything. Um, when she's there, we're just happy. Same with Cameron. We go to Taco Bell a lot, way more than we should. But a Taco Bell trip with Cameron is priceless. Um, it's a great thing. 
And I think on prayer, that's what God's asking us to be. He loves that we serve other people. He really does. But he so desperately wants us to spend time with him. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4. Think about that solitary moment, the morning. It's not the morning for me. It's the morning for Jenny. It's the night for me. Consider how you could pray with God. Spend time with him. Man, he wants, Lindsay and I go on a hike together. He wants to go on a hike with you. He wants to go to Taco Bell with you. Spend that time with, with your father. And, ch- and I challenge you to think about that this week. One of the other ideas on loving God is showing our obedience. The number of times Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. And it's not just like a passing thought. It was a pretty deep thought. Um, in John 14 and in John 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and he will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And in John 15, as the Father has loved me, so I now love you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I'll tell you, obedience is not really a popular concept, right? I don't know if anybody here said, hey, obey me. Be, you know, it's kind of like, ugh. At least that's my first response to, to that. Maybe you guys are better than I am. Um, but I would, I would definitely tell you, I don't think our culture links love and obedience together. Love is often pulled. Love is just, what do I feel? What's the reality I want? If that's your definition of love, I think you can justify anything. On the other hand, obedience requires us to, to submit to something. If I'm obeying, I'm obeying something or someone. For Christians, our authority is God. He reveals himself to us. Holy Spirit ways, the Bible. So he's not not asking us to love him and obey him and not tell us who he is. It's easy to to discern. And again, I'm preaching to me. When I fail to obey and follow God, and I make a decision that's my own and fa- fail to follow God's direction, that's sin. If I'm going to love God, it's important that I know what he's asking me to do. Now, for many of us, you've spent your life studying the Bible, so you have a real good handle on what that is. If you're new to this Christian thing, spend time in his word. Learn what he's asking you to do, how he's asking to love you, and have you love him back. 
Um, if you start in the Old Testament, I'll just tell you there's some priestly duties and some sacrificial things you don't have to really learn a ton of because Jesus came for that. So just a little uh, spoiler there. But you can go read about goats and how to cut them up if you want to. One thing to think about with obedience, and, and this is just, I, I call it my balance principle. It's easy to run one way, and it's easy to run the other way. And I think God's asking us to have a more balanced approach. For me growing up, the first was obedience was perfection. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to earn it, so you better run over here and be perfect. Right? (laughs) Thank you, Wayne. The second way is, well, there's grace, so it doesn't matter what I do. Wait a minute. We don't sin, so grace can abound. That's not the point of it. That's that's, uh, taken care of for us in Romans 3. For me, and this is just me, The goal for me is to wake up each day and try to do my best today for God. When I fail at that, which I do, and it is sin, repent. The next day, wake up and try to do my best that day. I will never hit perfection. But by the same means, I am not sinning just so I can wallow in grace. I want to honor God's sacrifice for me. So my challenge for you today is whether you read through your Bible just to check your views, because maybe that's something you need to do and a process you need to go through, or maybe you understand them completely and are just not following them. Begin this week by deepening your obedience to God's call in your life with a side of grace. The last area I want to talk through was just unity, and again, Simmons, you knocked that out of the park, so I might just say, done, drop the mic. Not me, but the, yeah. But I'm, so I'm not able to drive yet. Uh, Terry took me to Shabbat this last week. So we have a shepherd's meeting, quote unquote meeting. I guess it's technically a meeting because we get together. Um, But the goal of it is Sabbath, is rest. It's a time where, as shepherds, we look out for each other. We rest and deepen our brotherly love for each other. Is that accurate, Tony? That's our goal. Um, Terry said this on, our, on the way home as we were driving. We were just talking about shepherding and those kind of things. And he said, even when we're not 100% unified going into a conversation, we walk away 100% unified in every action and decision. Now, there's a lot of Holy Spirit influence there. There is prayer. There's time for discernment. But there is unity in your shepherds. I think it's important you guys know that. It's really important to us um, that we love well. Now, and I can only speak for me, I'm a clown and I make big mistakes all the time. So (laughs) if you ever hear disunity, it's because I'm just making mistakes again. I'll repent for them. I'll try to do my best tomorrow. But that's not our heart. Man, our heart is unified. It is such a sweet time. Ephesians 4 says this, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. I've often heard it said that one of Satan's biggest weapons is divisiveness. Um, it's easy to think where we're different, isn't it? I mean, we could pick each other apart. Tim and I know each other well. We could say, I'm different here, you're different there. The goal of God, though, and we can show our love to Him, is when we bear with each other in unity. Sure, we disagree about things. Okay, let's go love God together. I would challenge you on unity here. Reconciliation is a two-way street. So if you have a discord moment with a brother or sister, reconciliation is a two-way street. I would submit to you forgiveness is a one-way street. And, And I don't say that lightly, and I don't diminish your pain. Some people have been hurt very deeply. But you can begin that goal towards unity, even if it's just the forgiveness component of that. But maybe someday there's a reconciliation that occurs as well that lets that go beyond just uh, your side of the street. So this week, if you have something with a brother or sister and you need to go sit down with them and say, you know what, I need to... Repent because I haven't forgiven you for this or talk through it with somebody. Or have, look, that's why we have a family. If you need somebody to go with you too, we love you. We're happy to do that. There's a ministry team. There's a shepherding team. There's more people here than you can shake a stick at. They would love to work with you to help you lessen your burdens. All right, as we wrap up, I said I'd start with the end in mind. I want you to take one thing God's putting on your heart where you can love him better this week. Draw tighter to God. We're after transformation that we can put into practice. I have no desire for you to hear something and go, wow, that, you're right, that's good knowledge. I need to do nothing with that. Nope. Go put it into practice. And Nadine, I apologize for not getting your permission beforehand, but Kyle, when he taught a class upstairs, we were doing um, the wise and foolish builders, and as only a coach he could, he was talking to us about it's putting it into practice. He, he hit that point, and I can hear his voice, and I can see his finger as he's telling us, you've got to put it into practice. So today I'm going to give you a couple minutes if whoever's going to play in the background could come on up. Several different thoughts given to you. Whether it's worship, and whether that's group or personal for this upcoming week. Whether it's in time with God in prayer. Whether it's obeying the Lord in your daily walk. Or whether it's unity with a brother or sister. I ask you to spend a minute. What's God saying to you? He loves you. 
He's asking for a heart response from us today, from me today. Where can I be spending my time this week deepening my love with God? Father, we love you. Here is our heart. Speak what is true.